Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Everybody, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast. I am Scott. I'm here with my good friend Brandon. Brandon, how are you today? I'm wonderful today. Fantastic. This week we are listening to uh, Elliot Smith's XO. I brought it to you this week. We're going to jump into some information on Mr. Elliot Smith. If you're cool with that. I've never listened to an Elliot Smith track before this. I've never heard anything by Elliot Smith, as far as I know, unless he has like a big hit on a movie or something that I would have heard. But no, I, I, I was not familiar in any way, shape or form with Elliot Smith outside of the name Elliot Smith. Actually, he's been on a couple of soundtracks, but there was one big one. Uh, he was actually nominated for an Oscar for best uh, original song for a track that came right before this record that I gave you, Miss Misery, off the Goodwill Hunting soundtrack. It's weird. A lot of people will remember a lot of songs from movies. Yeah. And I, for some reason, I pay more attention to the movie, maybe. Like, I just, I, I keep, the track is just backing up the movie to me. Sure. There's very, very few songs that I'll hear and be like, oh, I remember this in this movie. But, mm-hmm. you know, he was nominated for the Oscar for it and lost out to uh, Celine Dion's song from Titanic. My heart will go on. I mean, th- that's kind of like one of the biggest songs of all time. Yeah, though. you're you're never <laughs> going to beat out My Heart Will Go On for anything. Born Stephen Paul Smith, Elliot Smith was an American singer, songwriter and multi-instrumentalist. He was born August 6th, 1969 in Omaha, Nebraska, was raised in Texas, then lived most of his life in Portland, Oregon. Smith's primary instrument was the guitar, but he also played piano, clarinet, bass guitar, drums, and harmonica. After being a part of the band Heat Miser, where he was a guitarist and vocalist, Elliot Smith began a solo career, which spanned five studio albums, one posthumous studio album, one posthumous compilation album, and the song for the Goodwill Hunting soundtrack, which was nominated for an oscar for i uh i may have because i wanted to see what year this album came out because i mm-hmm. didn't remember what you told me and then i may have found out like how his life ended so we might oh yeah we, we could probably avoid it we don't, I don't we might not need to talk about it but it was it was weird yeah it's well it's still it, it's still kind of up for debate on what actually happened it's like a courtney love kirk cobain situation yeah it really is as soon as i read it i was like wow that's very similar 
Yeah, it's kind of even more brutal, though. Yeah. Yep, I'd say that. Well, I mean, we could we, we could probably lightly touch on it, but I don't know if I want to dive into that. No, we're good. <laughs> super, we don't have super to. Heavy. Anybody who knows <laughs> Elliot Smith uh, probably knows the the story of what allegedly happened. And I guess, sorry for bringing it up this early episode. <laughs> uh, it's all right. That one's on me, I guess. Elliot Smith was a pretty heavy drinker and known drug user. He was diagnosed with ADHD and depression. These themes would show themselves in his lyrics and music throughout his career. EXO was released August 25th, 1998. It was Smith's fourth studio LP and his first release by a major record label coming out on DreamWorks Records. Is DreamWorks a major label or is it? They're a subsidiary of some kind of other major label. Okay, so it's not the movie company. The animation studio? Founded in 1996 by David Geffen, Steven Spielberg, and Jeffrey Katzenberg as a subsidiary of DreamWorks Pictures. So, yeah. That's wild. That is pretty crazy. I didn't, like, I kind of thought that, but I wasn't 100% sure. But, yeah. XO is 14 tracks with a runtime of 44 minutes and 46 seconds. Two singles were released off the album. Waltz number two in parentheses XO, and then Baby Britain, but neither of them charted in the U.S. They both charted in the U.K., but not the U.S. I I 100% could have called both of those singles. Oh, yeah. They're definite singles. Yeah, for sure. Waltz number two reached number 52 in the U.K., and Baby Britain reached number 55 in the U.K. You'd think if Britain's in the track, it would go higher. You would think it would be higher, but yeah, nope, just 55. Still pretty awesome. I mean, sure, you want to hit those U.S. charts, but hitting in the U.K. is pretty, pretty solid. I guess 98 would be later than when my theory of why it would chart in Britain, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. Oh, okay. (laughs) Early recording sessions for XO began in 97 after the release of Either Or, which was Elliot Smith's third studio solo album. The final record of his released on Kill Rock Stars the indie label the recordings were done at jackpot recording studios the results of these sessions were early demos of some tracks as well as some outtakes that would show up on the posthumous compilation album new moon work on the album really began in early 98 after elliot went to la to work with producers rob schnapf s-c-h-n-a-p-f and tom rothrock now these guys have some pretty uh pretty awesome back catalogs of Production credits. Production credits that I will know? (laughs) Quite possibly. Okay. Uh, Rob worked on... Actually, Rob and Tom both worked on Beck's Mellow Gold. I've never listened to a Beck record. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Rob worked on Fu Manchu's Daredevil. I've never listened to a Fu Manchu record. Okay. Um, You've never listened to Heat Miser either. Nope. But he worked on Heat Miser record mike city sons man i swear that i do listen to music i don't like, believe you do like every time we do this you bring me 14 albums i've like, never heard never heard of it never heard of it never heard of it have you listened to saves the day yeah okay here and there he worked on stay what you are by saves the day he worked on put your ghost to rest by kevin devine i'm very familiar with kevin devine but not I've, i haven't listened to them I haven't listened to Kevin Devine, but like Sticks, a giant Kevin Devine fan. Oh, okay. Kevin Devine. Kevin Devine was very big with like the the very local town band scene that we that I was like a part of in my town. Like everybody was into Kevin Devine. But you've never listened to a Kevin Devine record. I might have to bring you like 
Blood Brothers or something because there's a few Kevin Devine records that I just love. I've listened to the Blood Brothers, but not the Kevin not, Devine no. album, the Blood Brothers. <laughs> yeah, no, not <laughs> definitely not the same. Not even close. Okay, all right, uh, fair. And Rob also worked on Alphabet Land by X. Their their newer record came out yes. like 2019. Yeah, I've never listened to it. Fantastic. <laughs> of course you haven't. <laughs> but I mean that that is a fairly wide genre gap between well i don't know maybe the new x record doesn't sound anything like what i think it does i don't know i haven't listened to it either tom worked on like i said beck's mellow gold he also worked on toady's album rubberneck who i don't even know who toady is okay toady's <laughs> is is a band from the 90s rubberneck is one of the records i'm gonna definitely give to you now because this thing is very part of my formative music listening okay he worked on the self-titled foo fighters record i know who the foo fighters are you know who they are i've never listened to a foo fighters record <laughs> jesus this is, this is unbelievable this is unbelievable and then he worked on static prevails by jimmy world i've never listened to a jimmy world nope, record you haven't i know this is amazing this is unbelievable i have i have a whole section of notes here that are instantly going to your must listen to list for this podcast. This is wild. Uh, it is. I sound crazy. like I've never. I sound like I've never listened to music. Like, uh, I sound like I've never heard a band. I don't know what music is. <laughs> I just Gregorian chants. That's all I listen to. I listen to Gregorian chants and maybe like a harpsichord. They both worked on Elliot Smith's previous records as well. On the record, Elliot Smith did the work on guitars, vocals, piano, bass. Drums, organ, mandolin, electric piano, melodica, percussion, string and horn arrangements. He was a record producer and he did recordings on all the tracks except for Baby Britain and Amity. You can definitely, they're, they're, you can sense the work in this thing. Like, it, even though some of this sounds raw to me, like more mm -hmm. raw than it should be, but I guess that's kind of what the, like, the aim of it probably was. Like, that's kind of the genre. Well, that's just what he did like that was yeah that was him his sound was raw yeah it, and it always it always was from yeah. roman candle to even even new moon but new moon was made it was a posthumous compilation record so yeah it had a bunch of demos and different recordings of different songs but even from uh from a basement on a hill which was the record he was working on when he died even that had a very raw feel to it i would imagine that's the only reason he worked with other producers is to gain the equipment Quite possible. Because I think if if it was all analog, I mean, he can record tape to tape or whatever the shit it is. He could do yeah. that himself. And I think he probably would have, but he wanted that much control over the layers of the thing, I think. But he'd also worked with these dudes like from the beginning, from his previous band, He Miser. Yeah. So maybe he was just like, hey, I'm thinking about putting out a record. Do you want to come hang out in the studio while I record this stuff? Yeah, because I need your equipment. Yeah. <laughs> Couple reviews. Mark Richardson from Pitchfork gave XO an 8.5 out of 10 and said Smith's songwriting continues to improve as each of the album's 14 tracks displays his inarguable mastery of the pop song structure more clearly than ever. Was this a Pitchfork review from 98 or was this like a like a I'm looking back at this album review? I was just, I'm just wondering what the feeling of this album was when it came out versus today. <laughs> I can give you another review that came out in The Village Voice by Robert 
Christgau. Uh, he gave the record one star, saying a worthy effort consumers attuned to its overriding aesthetic or individual vision may well like. And he said that the album's music was high tune, low effect. But even even with Robert's praises of EXO, it ended up at number five in the Village Voices 98 end of the year Paz and Jop poll. So pop and jazz. Dude gave it a one star and then it ended up as ni- as number five on their end of year albums list. Uh, other albums that came out in August 98, probably none that you've heard of would be my guess. Right. Probably. Going straight to the brand must listen to list uh <laughs> mad caddies duck and cover i know who the mad caddies are never listened to them. there you go e40s the element of surprise i've listened to that you have <laughs> i have listened to that fantastic at least we got something <laughs> primus's rhinoplasty if there's a hit on it i've heard the hit okay i've never i've never listened to a full primus album godsmack self-titled record is that the one with voodoo and whatever yes yeah oh yeah i, I own that on cd yep. wow do i am i coming <laughs> off poorly in this episode this is a bad episode for me Corns follow the leader, which I own currently on vinyl and owned on CD. Orgy's Candy Ass, love it. Yeah, great album. Owned that on CD. We've praised it before. I don't know if it was on the show, but we've praised. But it But we have, yeah. Uh, Guns and Roses, Use Your Illusion. I don't know what that one is. And Lauren Hill's The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Perfect album. I still haven't listened to it. Number one album from August. 22nd to September 5th in 98 was Snoop Dogg's The Game is to be Sold, Not to be Told. That's crazy. I never heard that. I never listened to that album. I have never listened to that album either. But it was number one. In 2010, Spin Magazine put XO at number 90 on their list of 125 best albums in the magazine's lifetime, which was 85 to 2012. It's still like active, but it's no longer in print. It's like a a webzine. Okay. Pitchfork placed XO at number 68 on their list of greatest albums of the 90s. I don't I don't think I've listened to 68 90s albums. <laughs> I can guarantee I have. <laughs> I could probably bring you 68 records from the 90s. You probably could. XO peaked at 104 on the Billboard 200 and has sold 400,000 units in the United States. That's, that's solid. That's over the lifetime of the record, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a solid amount of records out there though. Yeah. Do you want to do your track by track if you have a track by track uh, i do have a track by track but okay. i think I'm, I'm just gonna off the top i need to say that i think whenever i acquired my ear to understand the guttural vocals i somehow lost the ear to under i couldn't understand 65 percent of these words wow really yeah like i could not understand what he was saying 65 to 70 percent of the time oh my goodness I mean, he he doesn't have a very large, like, vocal range, I guess. Yeah. He does kind of, he kind of mumbles his words a little bit, I guess. Like, kind of a lazy delivery in his singing. He also doesn't have, like, a distinct pattern where I could figure it out. Okay. And I'll I'll touch on it on on certain tracks when we get there. But there's, like, just the way that he rhymes things sometimes Mm -hmm. isn't conducive to the way I would even imagine and hear how it's being said. It's okay. just, there's some different stuff. But off the top of this thing, mm-hmm. uh, and this goes into why I think it charted in the UK, very big Beatles feels to me. Sure. And they were actually a big influence on him. And I, I want to say a lot of it, and maybe there's another name for it, and I and 
also up top of this thing. This thing is so far out of my wheelhouse and so far, <laughs> like even farther than walking on cars was. Cause at least that had like some pop attributes to it. Sure. This does too. It does, but not in a way that is, how do I want to say it? It's not modern pop. Okay. Yeah. And modern pop has its own flavor and pop of the nineties was different style of pop. Right. But like singer songwriter stuff, it's not in my wheelhouse at all. This thing was so far away from my wheelhouse. <laughs> I don't know if I could have connected if I had 800 strikes. Like, oh, I don't know no. if I could have swung on this thing. Oh, no. I'm not saying that I'm going to come into this thing bad. I'm just saying that sure. like, it's so far away. I'm, I am, we already touched it. I apparently don't listen to music of, of all the <laughs> bands we talked about. And I feel like it's so far out of my wheelhouse. I am almost, I'm, I'm so uneducated on this style of music that mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel great talking about it because okay. I, I don't know how to explain most of the things that I'm hearing or things that I'm not hearing. But again, we'll touch on that when we get the to things, but yeah, big Beatles feels. And I think, you know, my opinion on the Beatles, which I, I just don't care. Yeah. I just don't care. Like I respect them for what they did. Rock music wouldn't exist without the Beatles, whatever. Everybody knows that. But they were played so often when I was younger, my dad blew them out of my head and it was just like, I just don't really care about the Beatles. I probably will do a Beatles run at some point. And I'm there, I, I guarantee you I'll love some of this stuff. But I, it just, I just don't care about the Beatles. So yeah. I had to fight through that for some of these tracks. And oh, I, think it's the, I think it's the layering. I think that's what it is. Sure. Like the, the, the harmonies with the vocal layering. Yeah. And I actually had to reach out to Stick while I was listening to this. Oh, no. And I, was like, I was like, hey, do you listen to Elliot Smith? He's like, yeah, I love Elliot Smith. And I said, I'm getting Beatles feels. So what's what's that? And then he said, he said, I could see that. And then I said, I said, I don't think I like these. I don't think I like layered vocals. Like, I don't think I like layered harmonies. Mm. And he said, some of his melodies are so magical that they will grow on you. Give it time. Sure. And I gave it a lot of time. Oh, and no. they finally did. They oh, finally God. did. It, it took way longer than I wanted it to. Like, right. if it wasn't for the show. I would have maybe not even made it halfway to where they 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 grew on me. Okay. Like every time I was listening, that was in the back of my head. Like, when's this melody going to grow on me? I need this melody <laughs> oh, to grow on no. me. I need this melody to grow on me. So Beatles feels couldn't understand 65% of the lyrics. Sure. <laughs> and then when we're going through the, the track list mm-hmm. here, I'm probably also going to need you to tell me what these songs mean. Oh, because, because with, with not understanding the lyrics and then even once i went in them some of them i was like i don't i don't know what's happening here i'm just i don't i don't know (laughs) i don't know so like i guess a lot of my a lot of my opinions on these just track by track will be based probably sonically more than thematic okay because i I don't think i might not have understood one track like what he was talking about okay I don't know that I can give you <laughs> because that that is the other thing that kept me in this was how much I knew you liked Elliot Smith yeah, and how much you had to have connected with this. So I would listen to it and I was fighting for a connection for a while. And <laughs> oh, man, I don't I don't know if I ever connected. Oh, bummer. At least not as a whole. Sure. There's pro- there's some individual tracks. OK, I guess we'll just br- yeah. jump into the track. We'll list. jump into it. Go for it. So the opener, Sweet Adeline. I liked it a lot until the layered vocals came in, and then it, and then it was like, oh, maybe maybe this is the thing that is 
changing up for like i liked his singular singing at the beginning okay. and then once the layered vocals came in i liked the track a little less when the chorus hit when the sweet adeline yes yes and i think that's another thing i and it's probably part of the genre but that just seemed very drug out to sure. me like i was just like i was like i i get like the musicality mm-hmm. i guess but i was just like all right, like that could have been that could have been like short. I'm like, let's get an editor in here. Let's get an editor in here. Take care of that. But it, I came to appreciate the layered vocals after a grip of listens. Like, I don't mean just like three or four times to this album. I mean, like the melodies were already sinking in. And I was like, OK, that that question that we haven't asked in a couple episodes because we haven't needed mm-hmm. to. But like, how long did it take to quote? Yeah, get to get it. it. Yeah, it it had to be 15 times, oh, man. 16 times. Wow. So I had a good I had a good I had a good four time. My probably my first four times listening to this. I was just like, there's some bright spots, but this isn't for me. No, I get it. And then just fighting through it and seeing other things and seeing other things and then coming to appreciate it. and the. The melodies are undeniable. I have to give Stick credit for that. And because that some of these melodies, I would never understand the mindset to how to fi- find that melody. Okay. And it is, there's some amazingly beautiful things on this album. Yeah. Second track, Tomorrow, Tomorrow. The vocals never emerge past the guitar. Like it, it opens up with the guitar picking. Mm-hmm. And then once he sings, I can never focus on his voice. Like I, I can only hear the guitar. It, it feels like it's never brought out enough out of the song. It's just oh, always okay. laid in there. And maybe again, this is so out of my wheelhouse. Maybe that's something that is desired. I don't know. I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on this. Cause I d- actually don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. For once. <laughs> well, it's, it's just your opinion. That's, that's what we're talking yeah. about. Your opinion. So you don't have to come at it logically. Even you can just say what you want to say about it. It's not even logic. I just want to come across in a way that doesn't sound like I'm shitting on it because I'm not trying to. I never right. I never want to sound like that. Yeah. I just I'm just trying to express what I felt. And I, I mean nobody can argue with what somebody feels about yeah, something. Exactly. That's why we do this. This is the first track that I noticed the off rhyming. Like it's it it's it was a weird um, he rhymed head with Ev. Rethink. Yeah. Like that was that was the that's the lyric. And then lead and anything. And that was just it, it's hard for me to to get into that because it just it sounds off to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I think it's I think it's just that, you know, singer songwriter stuff. Like that's just what it is. That's just yeah, he was I mean, if if you took it as like say he was a rapper, you would think that was impressive. And and I agree that it is kind of impressive to find that, but just for me it didn't do it. I th- I think some of it might be his tone too. I've talked mm-hmm. about how some tones just don't they don't do it for me. And I don't and maybe it's not even tone. I don't think his voice is it's not unique enough or it's not like there's nothing weird or or special about I, get I, I I don't I don't mean like there's nothing special as in he wasn't talented. I just mean to me there's nothing that makes it a different voice. Yeah. Like I couldn't you could put on another singer songwriter and I wouldn't be able to tell you if it was Elliot Smith or not. That's right. that's what I mean. I get you. Also, this is the track that there's a lot of ahs in the background, like the ah. Uh... Yeah. And to me, and they're very in this kind of music, it always seemed like stalling to me. Okay. Like it never it never added anything to a track for me. Anytime I hear those awes, I'm just like, okay, 
But then cut to the other side of that in like a punk track if there's if it's a bunch of O's. I'm I was in. gonna say O's or yes. O's are good. Oz <laughs> are not good. That's where we're at for me, I guess. Gotcha. Okay, the first single, Waltz number two, XO. Yeah. Everything at the beginning of this track is perfect. It, it's a perfect track. I feel like the, the drums, guitar, piano, all of it together is amazing. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. The melody is, I feel like, is something I've known my entire life. Like, even the first listen of this track, I was like, wow, I I know this track. Oh. Even if I've never heard it. Yeah. I, I loved this track so much. I loved I loved Waltz number two. I Fantastic. Loved it. Good. I like that. I really heard the Beatles on some parts of this, though. And that mm-hmm. it's probably the, the layered vocal situation. Like, sure. Just, there has to be a name for that, too. The 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 vocal harmonies, the, the layered harmonies, I guess. Because that's what the Beatles did. They were all just singing on top of each other, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Essentially. Next up, Baby Britain, the other single. Great beginning again. Super catchy. There's a part towards the end where, like, I, I guess it would be the electric piano, but it sounds like a children's keyboard is, like, in the back of it. That might be the melodica. That could be the melodica. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it so much. Although, it when I, when I was picturing it, it was one of those, like, tiny children's toy keyboards. Oh, sure. Like, that you pull out of a toy box of a child and you're like hey listen to this and it sounds kind of shitty but it sounded <laughs> it sounded beautiful in this i i liked baby britain also that one had a beatles reference in it actually i didn't hear it because i don't i couldn't understand words the lyric revolver's been turned over you're talking about the record okay yeah i probably i okay i was probably influenced a little bit by the thought that elliot smith was a super sad and depressed guy mm-hmm. so I probably thought that was like a suicide reference of some sort. Nope. Beatles records reference. I'll, t- I'll take that then. Yeah. It makes it a little bit a little better for me. See, that's why I brought this record to you because he's not so super sad and depressed on this record. Yeah, I didn't catch much of it. Yeah. I didn't catch much of that, but I thought I might have missed it because I couldn't understand all the goddamn words. <laughs> no, uh, this this record was not his. Like, there's much more depressing Elliot Smith records. And that, that's why I brought you this one. Does he sing his depressed stuff with an upbeat melody? Because I know you like that stuff. Yep, sometimes. Okay. I think that's why I had a little bit of disconnect with this, because I was hearing some happy things, and then I would read the lyrics, and I wouldn't quite understand what he's trying to say. Okay. And I would be like, this has to be sad, and I, I don't hear it. <laughs> I, I, I don't hear it. It has to be sad. Did you look up the lyrics for any of these songs? I I like followed along with the lyrics. Okay. For like two or three listens through. And then usually when I do that, mm-hmm. some of it will stick. Like okay. some of it will stick with me and sure. none of it, none of it did. Oh, and okay. again, I don't know if that's, and I, I don't want this to sound like harsh. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's, I just didn't care enough. Maybe I gotcha. They didn't touch me in a way where I was like, I need to know the words of these songs. Okay. Pitsula. 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 Mm-hmm. Sounds beautiful, but didn't grab me. One of the lyrics I heard, one of the words that I could make go. out. We got something. Was... When I saw you, I knew it would never last. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I took that as like, oh, this dude's just being pessimistic. It's defeatist. <laughs> and then I was like, and then I kind of just disconnected from the track. I was like, that's not my vibe. Like pessimism no, is not what I'm trying to do. Ever. I don't know that that song's pessimistic so much as more realistic, like more like he knows like that, that lyric it's not that he wants it to never last. It's just like he knows that that's the vibe going on. Like there's another lyric in there where um, God gives you only what you can stand before you do as the devil pleases. I didn't hear that any of that. I, th- I think that's the lyric. It's it's if that's not it word for word, it's close. Like when I was following along, I like 
a lot of the lyrics. I, I like I was like, wow, that's that's a good lyric. I like this. I like this. But maybe I just didn't like the way a lot of them were presented. Mm-hmm. Maybe like the way that they were, like I said, he might have rhymed them weirdly or something. Sure. But I, I, like I said, I think this album is he's extremely talented. Like you could tell that this dude cares a lot about his music. Oh, yeah. Uh, Independence Day. I, I like this hook a lot. It's super catchy. I really like the picking on this track. OK, like how you could hear. And again, I don't know why it probably would bother me in other songs, but in this song you could like hear him scraping like the, like when he's the, actually picking, like you can actually hear the pick yes. hit the you strings. Hear the pick, like hitting the strings and the yeah. pick guard. I, I liked it. I thought it added some character to the track. It added some depth for me. I love stuff like that. Like just the little hints of, I don't even want to say mistakes, but like little extras that you can pick up on. Yeah. But I bet if it was every track, I wouldn't have enjoyed it. I, right. I think because, because it was, different in this one i was like I, I like that like it gave it a little bit of extra character yeah next track is bled white mm-hmm. there was a lot of promise out of the gate for this song but it never changes enough for me like it kind of just comes out and just sits there and then turns around and walks back in the house like it, <laughs> it, it never really did enough it doesn't pick up enough for me maybe and maybe that's on me for wanting it to pick up because i guess this isn't the kind of music that you're always like oh yeah well, this, it'll pick up just wait a second yeah there's no breakdown just, uh-uh. no. <laughs> no and there's for the most part like interludes or dramatic speed changes or change there's there's change between tracks but within tracks it's kind of very this is the song like this yeah. is what it is. I think that's part of the pop music sensibilities that he brings to the tracks. Cause if you think about okay. pop music, they mm-hmm. don't necessarily go through dramatic tempo changes. No, but I think it's still more driving than this. Okay. I don't know. And I don't know how, and I don't know why I could, I, I don't know. Again, I feel, I, I feel like I'm a dummy trying to talk about this. <laughs> But there, it just it, there's nothing moving it along for me. Okay, like it it's there, and I can appreciate it for it being there. But I feel like rather than seeing a wild animal that pop music could be like out running around, mm-hmm. this is very much an animal in a zoo. It's very much contained within an area, and it's not going anywhere else. Okay, I feel like Blood White could be in like a movie junior high dance scene. I don't know <laughs> why. I just okay. it had that sound. All right. It, Something about it made me really want to like it. Like I, I, I tried this track four or five times after like listening to everything together. I was like, I, I, there's something about this one that I know I'll enjoy, but it never grabbed me enough to be like, that's the one. That's it. Uh, Waltz number one is the next track. Mm-hmm. This track is beautiful for 24 seconds. Oh no! Then this track is an absolute train wreck. Wow. Not only is this the worst track on this album. This may be the worst song I've ever heard. Oh my gosh. I hate this song. I actively despise this song. Wow. The singing and harmonies all sound off key. It sounds <laughs> off to me. I don't know if that's like a key that I'm not used to hearing. I don't know if it's like a sharp or something. I don't know. But it is awful. It's terrible. It's equally as bad as Waltz 2 is good. Oh no. <laughs> Like, I loved Waltz 2 so much. This thing is just as bad oh, no. as that is good. Oh, no. Uh, at 128, at a minute and 20, this is how bad I think you, I was going to say, you dissected it. It I was so bad. I basically dissected it. At a minute 28, <laughs> mm-hmm. the what was I supposed to say might be the worst song lyric of all time. Oh, my of gosh. music 
history. I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to it. It sounds so off. It sounds like he's missing a note and I'm sure he isn't. I'm sure it's just uh, it's a it's a note that I don't know, I don't like. Mm-hmm. It's a note that I'm not used to hearing. I had to revisit Waltz 2 to be like was am I wrong? Am I wrong about this? <laughs> but no, Waltz 2 is without a doubt a banger. Waltz 2 is the best track on this album. I'll say that. Okay. And Waltz 1 is a train wreck. Is is just not it. That's not it. When I tell you that I was at actively angry the first time oh i heard my it. god that's my number one song on this record there's no way that's true no it's not true <laughs> moving on to amity huge beatles feels the beginning with the mm-hmm. layered vocals the amity gets a little repetitive for me At like just over and over and yeah. over again the problem i had with amity mm-hmm. is that the train was so far derailed from waltz one <laughs> it just it ended up at the wrong place on the record yeah, this track was me just walking back to the tr- to the tracks. Like I was just trying to get back to where the train should be. <laughs> when I say that in Waltz One it was derailed, I mean it was so far derailed that future <laughs> civilizations wouldn't even know it was a train oh. because there's no tracks around. Oh man, they would be like, we don't know what this piece of technology is. It looks <laughs> like it has metal wheels, but there's no track. It can't go anywhere here. That's how far away it was. Future generations would be like, well, this is a weird steam engine, but there's, <laughs> we don't know how it got here. Yeah, this song is just my long walk back to the tra- to the album. It, it's fine. It's okay. I Listening to it not after Waltz 1, it's a much better track. Sure, if you just take Waltz 1 out of it. Coming after that abomination, though. <laughs> oh, well, okay. This one, to me, was heavy Beatles. And again, this is probably influenced coming out of Waltz 1. But like boring, like the Beatles, but boring. Okay. In Bottle Up and Explode, I think the beginning is great. I think the melody is incredible. The drums coming in are great. And it actually has movement. Mm-hmm. This track feels like it's moving for me. And that's what I needed in a lot of these tracks. I needed more movement. And this one has it. It has motion. It, it's not just... I hate that the words like stagnant have such negative connotations because it doesn't need to be. Stagnant doesn't need to be a negative word. But let's. Let, I'm going to say... Some of these tracks are stagnant, but I don't mean that negatively. That's just how they sit. They just stay there. They're growing moss, which isn't a bad thing. It's part of nature. It's part of the ecosystem. I I just needed more movement. It's like a lot of these tracks are like like saltine crackers, I guess. Like they're not unbelievably exciting to me. But then when there's no movement, it's a stale saltine cracker. Like I love saltine crackers. (laughs) But you know what's you know what what's not good is a stale saltine cracker. Even, you know, I like saltine crackers, but if it's stale, I'm definitely not going to like it as much. It's still a saltine cracker. It's still okay. Sure. A question mark is the next track. Sure is. The the horn on this really makes it stand out. And I like that horn a lot. I don't I don't even know what horn it is. Saxophone, maybe. Yeah, I think so. The horn segments. Really enjoyable. There's a quick moment where he hits the awful note that he hit in Waltz 1, though. Like, there's a very oh, no. quick moment where I hear that note, and I'm like, what's this now? Like, I have, <laughs> I have like, flashback. You have Waltz flashback. number one PTSD. <laughs> yeah. Everybody cares. Everybody understands. Yeah. My favorite lyric on the album out of this thing. Okay. And it's a pencil of poisoned lead. I love that lyric so much. I don't even know what it's referencing, if I'm being honest. I can tell you. Yes, tell that, me. that whole track is based off like a, an intervention his friends had with him. Okay, and ended up him going to rehab, and I think he wrote that 
I'm not 100% sure if he wrote it while he was in rehab, but it was, it, it's kind of a sarcastic song Okay. about everybody cares, everybody understands, but they don't understand about what he was going through and the type of hold that the alcohol and drugs had on him. Okay. Yeah. I didn't catch any of that. Yeah. That's, that's what that was about. I wish we had this video because the amount of time that you have spent with your head in your hands <laughs> while I'm talking might be eligible for a Guinness world. <laughs> it's rough. Final track. I didn't understand. This is an all acapella track, right? Yes, it is. I'm not a pentatonics guy. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like acapella. And no. when you're, when your instruments, I'm putting mm-hmm. that in quotes, are the uhs that I think are stalling in other songs. Right. It really doesn't. It doesn't do it for me. So the, the closer I don't understand didn't do it for you. I think it's a good closer. I think it's a good closer for this album. But I didn't like it, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't like it, but I was like, no, that's a good button. Okay. It's an ugly ass button on this jacket. Like, it's doing its job. It's closing up sure. the button. Yeah. I don't like acapella. It didn't do it for me. Okay. So then I guess I could dive right into the book and test out of this. Sure. Yeah. God. <laughs> I think Sweet Adeline's a good opener. Okay. But I don't think I don't think it's a good opener for this album. Because Sweet Adeline doesn't have the feeling that a lot of these other tracks have to me. It kind of has a different sound. Mm-hmm. For me, I would probably put Amity as the opener. It has it has a little more of the vibe of the album for me, and it will get it out of the shadow of goddamn waltz number one. <laughs> like I said, I didn't understand is a good closer. I think it closes the album well. I couldn't see another track on here being a closer. I wish that waltz number one wouldn't be on this album. Yeah. I wish waltz number one never existed in the world of music. I'm willing to revisit. I'm willing to go into it with information about why this is this. Maybe maybe I don't know what the song means. Maybe it has like a an uncomfortable situation in the lyrics. And that's what the, the, the note's about is it's portraying the uncomfortableness of it. I don't know. I may have been a little overtopped by saying it's the worst song I've ever heard because I've listened to some pretty bad songs. But it's without a doubt the worst song on this album. And I would be willing to put money on it being the worst Elliott Smith song. Like you could probably give me any other Elliott Smith song. And I'd be like, yeah, it's definitely better than Waltz number one, without a doubt. All the singing sounds like it's off key, but it can't be. I understand that. I understand. And that it can't be off because it's on this album. Everything else is so well organized and so well put together that it can't be wrong. But in my head, it is wrong. And I can't come to terms with what it's supposed to be or what I'm not hearing. I don't know. By the way, I'm not anti Elliot Smith. Like, based off this, I'm willing to go to another Elliot Smith record. I'm willing to listen to another one, even if it's a sad one. I'm willing to listen. I'm not going to bring it to you because I don't want you to shit on it. I, I'm not <laughs> trying to shit on anything. Like, that's never my intention. I'm playing. I'm playing. Waltz number one opens up the B-side of the vinyl. <sighs> So you flip the record over. This is the first thing you hear. I flipped the record over. I'm getting X-Acto knife out and fucking <laughs> oh, up those no. grooves. If there's something I'm missing, I want to know what it is. And by understanding why I dislike it so much, I will be able to understand why I like other things. By understanding why I dislike it so much, I'll be able to listen to other things differently. So I would love to know why I dislike it so much. I don't know why. I think that's why I'm so angry is because I can't explain it. <laughs> I can't I can't tell you why. I don't know. But altogether, I did not dislike this album. Okay. After it after it grew on me, I, I came to really enjoy it. And there are avenues in my life where this album works. Mainly when I'm working at the comic shop, I can't necessarily be playing here's the weekly plug, Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> right. So I when I was working Wednesday at the shop, I had this playing just 
like on. And this is amazing background music. This is amazing thing album to just have in the background. It's just playing. You can just come in and out of it. But when I put so much attention to it is mm-hmm. when I might overthink it and when I want that movement. If I if I don't have that attention on it, I don't need that movement. Okay. But when when I'm listening in depth and really focusing and really trying to grasp it, the lack of movement kind of makes my brain move away from it. Okay. That being said, I think Elliot Smith is a fantastic musician. I think he's a fantastic musician. I think he had a, a genius musical mind to put mm-hmm. some of this stuff together because I couldn't even understand how to find some of those melodies. Yeah. He makes some really beautiful stuff. I just don't think it's necessarily... Well, no, we know it's not in my wheelhouse. Right. The moments on this that I enjoyed the most seemed to be the moments that weren't his style. It was him incorporating things. Okay. A lot... Like, when it got a little folkier, I like that stuff a lot. So, after all that, do you have a top three? I imagine... I can can pick out one, at least. Yeah. You could definitely pick out Waltz number two as the best song on this album, period. Yeah. Okay. Baby Britain's probably two. The singles. They're they're yeah. more poppy. Like that that obviously that's what's supposed to appeal to me. This isn't my genre. So right. the singles are going to appeal to me. Yeah, those are the two that are they were supposed to hook you. Yeah. And then I don't know, probably Independence Day, just because it's so catchy. Okay. I, I can see myself that is one that I could see myself singing like on Independence Day and just <laughs> randomly. I think that's that's probably in the three hole. Maybe I need more education in this. Maybe I need you to bring me more stuff like this because I don't... I have a plethora of stuff like this. I don't know what it is. I don't know. It was hard to care. Like, I think that's what it is. I was just like, I... Like, it's happening, but why? Not like it shouldn't be happening, but like, what is the meaning? What is What is the purpose of it happening? Sure. Don't get me wrong. The way it sounds, like I'm talking about this, sounds like I hate this this album. I don't hate this album. My top three, my top two are actually the same as yours, just reversed. So Baby Britain's number one. Baby Britain is my favorite song off this record. My number three is actually Bled White. Okay. And I said I wanted it. I wanted to like it. There's yeah. something about it, but it didn't. It didn't grab me. I really dig Pizzola too. That's another one of my favorites. Like I said, it's so far out of my wheelhouse that it was. It was. I don't want to say a sure because I, I still enjoyed listening to it. I enjoy mm. listening to things, period, especially out of my wheelhouse, because it's something that I'm not used to. It might elicit a different feeling. This one just didn't. And I, I, I do wonder, though, what my total opinion on this album would have been without Waltz number one. Right. Because it was such a shock. It took me out of it so <laughs> quick. Oh, man. So... <laughs> I guess I'll ask the question, thrown on or grown, but I have a feeling I know what the answer is. When we do thrown on or grown, it's mainly vinyl owning. Yeah, because we are record collectors. Yes. So I couldn't, vinyl listening to me is such a present listening. Like yes. I have to, I, I, it's an active listening experience. I, don't, I couldn't see myself spinning this just because the way that I will enjoy this record more is if I'm not listening. Like sure. I will probably, this album will probably remain downloaded on my phone for a while because I am going to play it tomorrow when i'm working at the shop like it will be being played because i like i don't have to focus on it but it's still something there and it's enjoyable that's there Mm -hmm. but i couldn't see myself pulling the vinyl out of the sleeve putting it on my turntable putting the needle on the record hitting play and (laughs) not taking it off after side a i'm not saying that anybody who likes these tracks even waltz one is wrong at all please like whatever you like i am not anybody that matters 
I'm just this is just my opinion as a human being and as one who apparently doesn't listen to any bands. So that's where we are. <laughs> At least none that I've listened to. But that's why the show is interesting. I that, guess that is why it's interesting. <laughs> I think it's interesting. At least I love having the conversations. Me too. I think it's great. Even though I've had my face in my hand most of this episode, I've had a smile on my face the entire time too. And that that's the key part. Like I, yeah. I I'm never trying to say anything to say you're wrong. This is shit. I would you'll never hear me say that. Right. Just to me. Waltz one. Not where it's at. No. <laughs> sure isn't. So we're going with groan on this one. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a groan just I because it. I can't see myself owning it. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe in the future, I'll give you one of the earlier Elliot Smith records. I know for a fact, I'm going to give, I'm going to bring you a heat miser record. All right. What was your record of the week then? My record of the week, I think you know it. Is it the D, the D Smoke record? It is the D Smoke record, Black Habits. After you told me about uh, the Rhythm and Flow show on Netflix, yeah, I went and watched it and loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Did I tell you it was coming back? Is it? Yeah, it was. It, Netflix renewed it. Fantastic. I told you when I was 13, I talked like T.I. very <laughs> offensively, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Very offensive. I'm a white, I'm a, I'm, I, I was a white kid from Pennsylvania just talking like T.I. from Atlanta. <laughs> and not only is he from Atlanta, he has a very definitive like speech pattern oh, yeah. where he almost doesn't finish words. Like he almost like cuts it off every word. And yeah, that's bit, how yeah. I was talking. Imagine a 13 year old white boy nope. talking like that. <laughs> that's not okay. Wearing a flat brim cap, probably a Boston college, never watched a sport, never watched that in my life. Had a, like a, a green, probably Boston college letterman jacket. There you Don't go. know why. Because why not? And like probably, probably corduroy pants. I, I was, I thought I was doing it, man. <laughs> I had a chain. I maybe I wore two chains. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was I thought I was doing and then under all that was a tie dye Led Zeppelin tee. Yep. Makes sense. That tracks. Scott, Scott, I'm going to I'm going to break this to you. And I don't know if this is going to make the episode. I had a when I was about 13, Uh 14. I had a persona that I was doing. Um, I wrote a bunch of raps. (laughs) Oh, yes. And my name was Hippie G. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. And my whole thing was that I'm a hippie, but a G. Like, that was the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that's fantastic. I need to see some of those. I need to see some of those raps. I. No, you know you have them. You save everything. I still have a notebook somewhere. I remember because I was like 13, 14. So what's that? Like eighth grade? Yeah ish mm-hmm. there was like a junior i was i was in like some metal shop or something and there was like different grades in there this one girl i think she was a junior or a senior like found one of my notebooks oh, no. and like it's it said something about like like i, I like i need a girl to stack my money for me <laughs> and she was just like what money are you talking about like you don't you don't have money there's no way you have money and oh, it's like, well, well, here we are. Yep, yep. Oh man, hippie G, <laughs> hippie G. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna have to cut out to keep that in the episode. But I I can't take hippie G out of the episode. I can't. No. So your album of the week is D Smokes Black Habits fantastic record uh i can't stop laughing uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I also just know there was a bandana <laughs> under that fly brim cap. I wore a bandana. I learned how to cri- I, I learned how to crip walk. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure did. Sure did. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh- <laughs> yep. Get it out. You're not gonna be able to continue. You gotta get it out. Hippie G. <laughs> I might, I might, I might just, I might just cut the whole hippie G part out and make it a mini so. And it's just me laughing the whole time. Yep. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> just know there's very few people in my life currently that they might remember that <laughs> yeah. but they don't know who that guy was <laughs> oh that's fantastic <laughs> yeah d smokes black habits fantastic <laughs> record you know who would have been a great feature for that hippie g <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that's the most workout my abs have gotten in a really long time <laughs> I'm glad. I love you, I'm brother. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have shared it. I mean, oh, there, there we go. The people who were upset about me <laughs> with with Elliot Smith, they could hear that and be like, "Oh no, this dude, yeah, yeah, we get it. We know now." Uh, yeah, yeah. That record is is great. His record is fantastic. Um, really enjoyed it. But what's your record of the week? My record of the week just came out. Friday, it is Rick Ross's richer than I've ever been. Yeah, I've listened to it probably six, seven times. Which also probably going from that to Elliot Smith and back to that and back to Elliot Smith, it's probably not the the best idea. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit different vibes. But no, it's great. I can't tell you to listen to it because you haven't listened to Rick Ross. So me even no. saying this, me saying that it's a very much a Rick Ross record, mm-hmm. that that doesn't mean anything to you. But. Nope. The negative that I could see some people taking would be, uh, okay, I get it, he's rich. But, like, I'm not mad about people, like, especially people like Rick Ross. Like, you worked for it. You got it. Like, I'm not I'm not going to bring a dude down for talking about, like, how many cars he owns. Like, oh, awesome. Right. Yeah, I'm, for sure. I'm stoked for you. I'm yeah, excited right. that you own all that shit. Yeah. And there's some, there's, you know, there's a that 21 Savage feature on there is great. I love 21 Savage. Uh, Wiz Khalifa has a feature on the last track that doesn't sound like he's sleeping while he's rapping. Oh, so wow. that's always good. So that's different that's for him. Good. I mean, it's still a, it's, a, it's a song all about smoking weed, but of course, because it's Wiz Khalifa. But no, I, I love Rick Ross and anytime Rick Ross puts out something new, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. And he didn't disappoint. I, I like his beat selection also. OK, good. But yeah, I, I guess I, I got to cut that short because there's too much hippie G that has to remain in this episode. So I guess I can jump to what you're listening to next week. Yeah. What am I listening to next week? It's mainly based around this album, Elliot Smith. Oh, Um, it made me, I wanted to give you something in this vein, even though it might not be in the vein. Okay. Um, You remember how I said, like, I liked the folkier stuff more. Mm -hmm. So the album you're getting is the mountain goats. Okay. It is the Sunset Tree. Okay. And I think it's their ninth album. Holy cow. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, the Mountain Goats, the Sunset Tree. And 
a, a lot of while I was into this, I was like, what am I missing out of this that I like in other things that I like? And it made me think a lot about the mountain goats. And I just I, I know you said you never listened to the mountain yeah, goats. No. So I'm excited to see what you say. I'm excited to see what you think. I'm excited to listen to it. Yeah. And I'm excited for the next episode. And maybe I'll have to drop a verse of Hippie G on the I want to hear Twitter. it. I think we're I all here for it. Man, if if I could find the same outfit, I would I would try to do it like a video, but I I couldn't bring myself to do it. It's so embarrassing. But here's the thing. I will say one thing. Yeah. I can guarantee you, even as a 13-year-old, in those raps, there's not one N-word. There I you go. I promise. Yep. I nope. promise you that. I may have been super offensive and culturally inappropriate by talking like ti and then calling myself hippie g two separate occasions those aren't two those those things didn't overlap those are two separate things i did hippie g was not in conjunction with talking like ti but no i that at least these raps didn't have the n-word in it. so i'm, I'm happy go. about that see happy about that all right scott i'm all glad right. i gave you an ab workout i'm glad you know all about hippie g now i'm so glad so, um, you're in a rare group of people who know about hippie g the 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 wild thing is like people if people listen there's certain people that might listen to this that will remember like that outfit but they never knew i was calling myself hippie g (laughs) it was mainly in my raps (laughs) man i gotta hunt that i gotta hunt that notebook down i would love to see something from that notebook all right scott thank you thank (laughs) Thank you for the episode thank you for bringing me elliot smith it's it's out of my wheelhouse so i'm glad i experienced it maybe you'll enjoy a different elliot smith record later on we'll see we'll see but next week's album the sunset tree by the mountain goats yeah i'm excited i'm excited for you follow us on twitter at ayl pod yep follow uh, us on facebook group the link will be in the show notes is that what they're called sure we'll say that um you can listen to us many places now not just spotify spotify google podcast amazon music the anchor fm page still working on apple i'll get there eventually still working on it but you know we'll get there Uh, yeah any feedback oh you can also email us Uh, email will be in the show notes but it's uh, are you listening dot pod at gmail.com yeah send us send us uh recommendations for mini sods we always want to do mini sods because we we will eventually miss some episodes so give us something <laughs> to do for mini sod we can throw it in there yeah uh, but yeah scott thank you thank you listener thank you thank you appreciate very much every, for listening appreciate every listener 100 percent. yeah are you listening are you listening Wow. Wow.